fantasy football today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. All right, what's up, people? Getting ready for the weekend. Happy Father's Day uh, to everybody out there. Uh, since we won't talk to you before then, it is Thursday afternoon. It is June 14th. If you're listening on Friday, happy Friday. I'm in a good mood, Jamie. I think you're in a good mood, too. I feel it. I sense it. I'm in a great mood, buddy. Yeah, I can tell. I can tell by the mic check. You're all fired up. Yeah. Ready to rock and roll. I Actually, I am pretty mad about something. Can I tell you what I'm mad about? What are you mad about? Oh, my Twitter followers. I gave them a Twitter poll, and I think they failed it miserably. I think they're just so really? wrong about Yeah, just so wrong about something. It was what, uh, his Die Hard Christmas movie? No, it was about quarterbacks. It was fantasy related. It was, it was relevant. We'll get to that. Today is a uh, quasi mailbag. We're going to read some emails, fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Right now it's just Adam and Jamie. We expect Dave to be on in about 20 minutes or so. So, you know, get ready for that. We're going to do more upside versus downside with a group of three quarterbacks and a group of three tight ends. We have a lot of news coming out about like rookie running backs. Andrew Luck. Throwing the duck. And we're going to put a first-round pick, yeah, under the microscope. And that first-round pick. Which first-round pick would you like to put under the microscope today? Uh, Odell Beckham? Yeah, that's who it is. Way to go. Odell Beckham's getting put under the microscope today. He's never finished higher than fourth at wide receiver. So why is he a first-round pick? We'll talk about it. Let's start with a few emails. Email of the day number one is from Julian from a town... In the Gulf of Mexico. Okay. Hey, Otto, Reggie, Squid, and Twister. No idea. Yeah, me either. We'll look it up. Why is no one talking about Lamar Miller? He finished as the RB16 in PPR leagues last year. I think I had him as 14. No, he was 16. He was 14th in uh, non-PPR, 16th in PPR. Lamar Miller seemed to do extremely well. With Deshaun Watson, Deontay Foreman will probably start on the pup list given his injury, and the Texans didn't draft a running back. Lamar Miller is a lock as an RB2 with RB1 upside. What are your thoughts from a dynasty perspective? Oh, a lot of questions there. Dynasty, I don't like Lamar Miller so much because I do think that as he continues to get older, he's not going to get better, he's going to get worse, and he's not exactly coming off a great couple of seasons since joining the Texans. So uh Dynasty, I think he's... At best, a number three running back. If you want to make the argument that he's a number two guy, and probably Heath would be the one to to make that the strongest argument for him, um, I, I could certainly see it happening. You know, I, I think he's going to be in that group of guys that gets drafted or or finishes twenty to thirty, and that group is you know several of the young rookies, um, several of the rookies. Um, Guys like Marlon Mack, uh, the young older rookies. guys, <laughs> older guys like Marshawn Lynch. Um, there'll be some, you know, we had, it, it's like almost what, what we talked about with Isaiah Correll with, uh, he's sleepers. I think Lamar Miller is in a similar situation. It's just a matter of can he hold off Deontay Foreman if he's 100% healthy come week one? And will he fall out of favor like we saw last year? Remember, they started using Alfred Blue toward the end of the season. It was very frustrating. Yeah. So here's the thing about Miller. It, he he has a chance to be a number two running back because he hasn't been very good either of the last two seasons with the Texans. 
And both years he finished as a number two running back. He was, as I mentioned last year, 14th in non-PPR, 16th in PPR. The year before, he only played 14 games, and he was 18th in non-PPR and 20th in PPR. So, I mean, it's just a matter of workload and touches. But he he just wasn't very good at all last year. Lamar Miller did not have a carry of longer than 21 yards, and he had 238 carries. Deontay Foreman had 78 carries, and he had uh, three carries of 25 or more yards. So he was just better. And just one thing to go back to uh, Julian's email. By the way, Otto, Reggie, Squid, and Twister is a cartoon called Rocket Power. You should know that, Jamie, of kids. Sure. Happy Father's Day, by the way. Thank you. Um, Lamar Miller wasn't any better with Deshaun Watson. In fact, oddly enough, he was worse. He averaged 3.54 yards per carry with Watson. He just doesn't really make any plays. He needs a ton of work. So that that's the risk, Jamie. If he if he well, falls out of favor and doesn't get the work, he's not going to be an RB two. Let me uh, let me throw something else at you. So fantasy football calculator does a good job with their average draft position. Uh huh. How do you feel about Lamar Miller in the fourth round? No, I don't like it. It's too early. How do you feel about him as the twenty second running back off the board? No way. So here's the guys he's going ahead of: Rashad Penny, Mark Ingram, Sony Michelle, Ronald Jones. Royce Freeman, Carlos Hyde, Marshawn Lynch, Tevin Coleman, Dion Lewis. I mean, there's probably five guys easily I could I would take over Lamar Miller there. Now, if you if you tell me he's going 25 to 30, I'm okay with that. But in, in the top 24, I think it's just a little too soon. Email of the day number two is from Wade. I just heard Eisenberg say Tyler Lockett is a great flyer this season. Why haven't I heard similar sentiments about Randall Cobb? Oh, it, it, I think Cobb's in a better situation than Tyler Lockett. I, I have uh, Randall Cobb in my top sixty. I don't have Tyler Lockett in that spot, so um, it, uh, it he, he's he's in a very good situation. You know, you look at what the the Packers' receiving core is. Um, you know, in uh, in not necessarily upgrading so much over Jordy Nelson. You know, we'll see with uh, with some of the young guys and how they how they perform. But uh, Cobb's you know should be in line for for a, a good year. You know, the question will become, I think, which is what we've seen from him is. Uh, he's been mostly touchdown dependent, and I, I think that'll that'll clearly favor Jimmy Graham, you know, joining the team. Um, but uh, yeah, if you if you if you have to choose between Cobb and Tyler Lockett, I would take Cobb. It's very little to go by, but if you want to be encouraged by Randall Cobb, which which I am, uh, week two at Atlanta, Jordy Nelson got hurt almost immediately, missed basically the entire game. And Randall Cobb had six catches for sixty yards on nine targets, and I, I think he missed the fourth quarter. He left with an injury. So, you know, that's a good game in PPR, and it was a shortened game. It's six catches for 60 yards on nine targets. And then Aaron Rodgers missed a lot of the year. Week 15, he comes back, Aaron Rodgers, and uh, in that game, Randall Cobb had seven catches for 84 yards and a touchdown. Uh, so, you know, I I don't know if I'm going to get him anymore, but it seems like I've always been the guy drafting Randall Cobb in, like, the 10th round of a 12-team league in our drafts. And uh, we'll see if there's any any more momentum for him. All right, email the day number three. Is uh oh no name on you give me a name? Uh Chris. And he says, Dear Walt, Jesse, Gus, and Saul. Breaking bad. Breaking bad. I'm in a brand new league that will include two keepers starting in 2019. I'm thinking of an all Auburn draft strategy and grabbing Cam Newton at quarterback and carry on Johnson as one of my running backs. I will keep both no matter what for 2019, and by next summer I can call my team keep Cam and carry on. <laughs> Bada boom, he says. Yes, thank you. Great email from Chris, which is not really his name. All right, so I got some Twitter polls to go through. But Jamie, 
We have a draft tomorrow? We have a draft tomorrow. Oh, crap. I can't make it. I'm sorry. <laughs> you hate me. Uh, you have to make it. It's for our magazine, my friend. No. Oh, this is a problem. I'll see what I can do. Anyway. You, agreed, you already agreed to do it. Yeah. Well, I forgot I had uh, an obligation. Are you, uh, you've seen these new newsletters we have out? Yes. Yes. Very cool stuff. We have an FFT newsletter. And if you want to subscribe to it, it's obviously free. Go to cbssports.com slash FFT daily. FFT daily. cbssports.com slash FFT daily. You can subscribe to it in less than a minute. So you're going to get all the latest draft advice from Dave, from Jamie, from Heath. If you missed the podcast, there's links to the podcast. There's going to be links to video. You just, this is a way to stay ahead of your competition. We'll, we'll help you out. We'll give you the fantasy football today newsletter. Very cool. Right in your inbox. CBSSports.com slash FFT, FFT daily. CBSSports.com slash FFT daily. We also have a lot of podcasts you want to listen to. You can hear me and Jamie. You can hear Dave on the Pick Six podcast all this past week. And the content's pretty evergreen. So, you know, as of right now, so enjoy it. Uh, Dave's got a pretty good guest lined up for tomorrow. So that's, that'll should be great on the Pick Six podcast. You want to know more about our podcast? Go to cbssports.com slash podcast singular. Alrighty. Let's do some Twitter polls. So of this group, who has the most upside and who has the most downside? So the three quarterbacks I put up there, Jamie, were Kirk Cousins, Ben Roethlisberger, and Jimmy Garoppolo. And this is the one I'm really mad about. Which quarterback has the most upside? I think you people are crazy. Who do you think has the most upside? Kirk Cousins, Ben Roethlisberger, or Jimmy Garoppolo? Roethlisberger. That's what I think, too. That's not what the listeners think. They overwhelmingly have selected Jimmy Garoppolo, 49% of the vote. Cousins and Roethlisberger almost split. Cousins 27%, Roethlisberger 24%. I was surprised that Garoppolo won this. But he's the popular guy now. But are people drafting him ahead of Roethlisberger? I don't know that they are. Um, I don't think they are, but I would – see, I, I wonder if people read it as who has more upside from where they're coming from. Uh, you know, it's – they just said who's got more upside, and they picked Garoppolo. So, yeah, he, uh, again, fantasy football calculator. Garoppolo is the eighth quarterback off the board. Roethlisberger – the 16th quarterback off the board. I think it's crazy. Boy, Ben Roethlisberger right now looks like unbelievable draft value. Yeah, if that's if that's the case in most drafts, um, uh, yeah, for sure. And I'll just give give you the numbers. So the problem with Roethlisberger, Roethlisberger is that he he misses some games, but it's not so bad. Okay, so he played 15 games last year, but he sat in Week 17. He played 14 games the year before. He played 12 the year before that. So if you just take his fantasy points, divide by games played, multiply by 16, Ben Roethlisberger would have been 6th last year, 5th the year before, and 7th the year before that. In 2014, he did play 16 games, and he was 3rd. So, I mean, if the guy plays 16 games, it's four years in a row of being a top 7 quarterback. That's that's upside to me. Um, and he's got the weapons, so that's really good. Now, Cause okay, all right. So then let's go to the downside, right? Who's got the most downside of this group? Um, a harder question. I figured Roethlisberger would win this, probably because of injury, and and he did. Forty-eight uh, percent Roethlisberger, thirty-three percent Garoppolo, and Cousins had nineteen percent of the vote for the most downside. So Roethlisberger wins that in a landslide. What's your reaction to that? 
I think, again, you know, the public perception is going to be Roethlisberger getting older, maybe the retirement talk. Um, you wonder how many people of these were voting dynasty-wise, if that was their mindset. Um, did you say, Did you stress? Nah, I, I don't think they were. I, you I never know. I didn't say that, but, you know, if you saw that question, and the question was, which which player has the most downside, Cousins, Roethlisberger, or Garoppolo, how would you vote? I'd vote Garoppolo. Has the most downside? Yeah. How come? Just because, I mean, we're talking about a five-game sample size. And, you know, as we've seen a lot with this league, once you get figured out, you know, that could be a problem. I, I don't think he's going to get figured out, but, I mean, Cousins is kind of steady Eddie. And Roethlisberger, I, I think, again, he has the highest ceiling, but I don't know if he has the lowest floor. I think still Garoppolo has the lowest floor. So how do you rank them? In that order, Roethlisberger, Cousins, Garoppolo. Roethlisberger, Cousins, Garoppolo. Now, Cousins, his last three years, he's been ninth, fifth, and eighth in fantasy points among quarterbacks. Now, he has played 16 games, and you know what's interesting when you look at Kirk Cousins, Jamie? You don't get blown away by the yards, except he had 4,900 yards in, in 2016. That was amazing. 2015 and 17, about 4,100. Not so great. You're not blown away by the touchdowns. He hasn't had a 30-touchdown season yet. Interceptions are fine, about 12 a year. He rushes for four touchdowns every year, four or five touchdowns. It makes a big difference. Can you rely on four extra touchdowns on the ground for Kirk Cousins? No, but probably two. You know, I, I, I he's very interesting because, you know, I, I, I certainly see the point of the defense being better, the run game being better, you know, things that haven't really been the case for him consistently over the last three seasons. But I also think the receiving core is the best he's ever going to play with. You know, I mean, Diggs, I think, is poised for a huge year. Thielen's kind of proven himself to be very reliable over the last, you know, year plus. And Rudolph is, is clearly very safe at the tight end spot, plus what, you know, Cook will give them out of the backfield. So um, I, I think Cousins will be right in that 8 to 10 range. You know, I don't think he's going to kill you. Um, he may not have a lot of, you know, 30-plus point games, but, you know, Keenum was certainly serviceable, and I would I would imagine Cousins is an upgrade over over Keenum. At least that's the way I approach it. In the four years in which Mike Zimmer has been the head coach of the Vikings, the Redskins have thrown more passes than the Vikings every single year. So, look, the coordinator has changed. I don't, I, things could change. Maybe the Vikings pass a little bit more, but the Redskins have thrown more passes than the Vikings every single year under, uh, since Mike Zimmer has become the head coach. Hasn't been, it's been kind of close in three of those four years. But yes, uh, I see what you're saying. It's like uh, the situation is worse in some respects, and it's better in some respects for Kirk Cousins, who you call him Steady Eddie, and he's been top nine three years in a row. All righty, Jamie, let's talk about tight ends. Upside and downside in this th- a group of three tight ends. Who has the most upside? Evan Ingram, Jimmy Graham, or Trey Burton? And I used your rankings to pick three guys who are fairly similarly ranked. Evan Ingram, Jimmy Graham, Trey Burton. Who has the most upside to you? Burton. Ooh, he's the last amongst the, in the Twitter poll. 21%, Jimmy Graham at 32%, Evan Ingram, 47% of the respondents say Ingram has the most upside. I get it. I mean, he was awesome last year, but, you know, circumstances have certainly changed. And I think if you look at it, if, if, if Evan Ingram does what he showed last year, let's just say that, that, that's replicable. And Odell Beckham does what he usually does. And you get good to, or you get average to slightly above average from Sterling Shepard plus Saquon Barkley. Eli Manning's got to be a top ten quarterback, if not top five. <laughs> yeah, I know it's crazy. I mean, it's it's impossible. You're it's right. impossible. You can't you can't have it both ways. So whoever's voting Evan Ingram is either 
gung ho about the entire Giants offense or is downgrading somebody else. So I, I find myself, and this is one of the problems when you're doing rankings versus what you feel about how a player is. I, I don't know how much lower I could put Evan Ingram. I think I have him sixth or seventh. Uh, the Hunter Henry injury, you know, kind of threw things out of whack. Um, I, I, I think at this point I'd rather have Trey Burton than Evan Ingram just because I think that Burton is going to be more viable and more reliable than Ingram will. And pliable. Burton, Ingram, <laughs> how about Graham? How would you rank all three of them? I think the, well, it, the way I would rank them is I, at least the way I have it right now is, is Ingram, Graham, Burton. But I, I almost feel like I need to switch. Or no, I have Graham, Ingram, Burton. Yeah, me. you go Graham, Ingram, Burton. So you think you're going to go Graham, Burton, Ingram? I think so. I just, Evan Ingram, I think he's a good player. I think he was great last year, but the circumstances last year, no, no Beckham for, you know, from week six on. Sterling Shepard missed a, a handful of games because he was in and out of the lineup. I mean, Eli Manning had nowhere else to go. Mm-hmm. And now you have, you know, what should be an upgrade as a pass catcher in the backfield. You have the, the, the dominant receiver back by, by far. And, and the complimentary guy is, is still pretty good too. So I, I, the way that I would view it is Ingram is, is fourth for touches by far and, and maybe even fourth for targets. See, taking Trey Burton over Everett Ingram would be Bold, I think, based on ADP. And you can tell me on your little calculator. But <laughs> I, I don't imagine that many people are going to be there. Not that I disagree or anything. I'm just, I, I think, especially based on this Twitter poll, I think people are going to favor Evan Ingram over Trey Burton. And, you know, it's, it's a very unproven player in Trey Burton. He's even less proven than Jimmy Garoppolo. So but, Ingram is, is the sixth tight end coming off the board in round five. So he's behind Graham. He's two rounds ahead of, of Burton. And then, you know, the, the, the guys that are in between him, which again, you know, if you're not buying Evan Ingram re- repeating his performance, you take the steady guys of Rudolph and Walker. Ugh, they're so boring. So they're boring, but you know, Cousins could make Rudolph, you know, where he was two years ago again. Alright, of this group who has the most downside, Evan Ingram, Jimmy Graham, or Trey Burton, Evan Ingram. I think you know where I go. You think it's Ingram? Yeah. Yeah, he. I, I love him as a player. I just, I just, Wonder if the, again, you know, you, you, you seems to be like a player that you're chasing stats from just his performance from last year. That's a tougher one for me who has the most downside because we haven't talked about Graham yet. It's possible Graham's just done. You know, he, he just might be way past his prime. So the, but he could be 500 yards and 10 touchdowns. Yeah. The, the Twitter poll has Trey Burton number one with 45% of the vote for the most downside. Jimmy Graham close behind 41% of the vote, and Evan Ingram only got 14% for the most downside. But I do agree that Evan Ingram has a lot of downside. You know, it's it's kind of like Hunter Henry. We were hoping in Henry's second year that he would take a step up, but there were just too many mouths to feed. Yeah. It's not a it's not about how good or bad of a player he is. All right. So there you have it. That's how people are feeling about uh those three quarterbacks and those three tight ends. And Jamie, Andrew Luck making progress. So he insists he will play in week one. It, you know, the fact that it's even a question has to tell you something. You currently have Luck uh 14th. How high do you realistically think you could move Andrew Luck? I think before he missed the last round of OTAs, this was minicamp, uh, before he missed the last round of OTAs, prior to that, and um I, I could see because we did it for our magazine, I think I had him ranked maybe 8th. So I don't think I'll put him back in the top five if he's 100% healthy. I don't think I'll put him even back in the top ten. Like at this point, I would rather chase 
Garoppolo and Mahomes than rely on what Andrew Luck could be. Yep. I would love for if him that, to be my number. I would love for him to be my number two quarterback if I can get him. You know, you have him fourteenth. If he's going as the fourteenth quarterback, that'd be. I will tell you. Yeah. Hey, what 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 side are you using, Jamie? <laughs> <laughs> giving a lot of pub to another publication. That's um, uh, he is going right now as the eleventh quarterback. I guess it doesn't really matter because whoever you take at fourteenth is probably like uh, Roethlisberger and Luck would be a fine combo for me to start my team to have on my team. If you're going to take two quarterbacks. And it, it could go any way you, you decide. If you want to take luck first, you could still get Rivers later, Ryan later, um, yeah. Derek Carr later, uh, Eli Manning later. You know, I mean, they're, they're going to be a handful of guys that you can still pair Andrew Luck with. And conversely, if you take one of the young or injured guys, and by injured, I mean, you know, Deshaun Watson or, uh, or Carson Wentz coming off of injury, which they're in a little bit better standing right now than Andrew Luck is, you could pair those guys with luck and, and still have, Hopefully a, a a standout number one, if not two number one quarterbacks. And the, you mentioned a lot of quarterbacks. You mentioned Matt Ryan, Derek Carr, Eli Manning. I'm not sure if you said Dak Prescott, but he'll be in that Dak range. Dak Prescott, too. yep, sure. They all are, you know, in the rankings. They're not even close to Ben Roethlisberger. In fact, Heath has Ben Roethlisberger fourth. So this is basically, uh, basically just becoming the Ben Roethlisberger hour um, uh, with with Adam and Jamie. Uh, some more quarterback news. Lamar Jackson's been lining up all over the field, and Jets offensive coordinator Jeremy Bates said Sam Darnold could start in week one, and Deshaun Watson is pleased with his rehab from knee surgery. You have Watson fourth, so I can't imagine you're going to be moving him any higher. No. All right, running back news. Getting interesting. The Tampa Bay Times expects Ronald Jones and Peyton Barber to share the load. Your reaction, Jamie? Not surprising, given the uh, the veteran versus rookie situation. Um, I think we're going to find out. You know, look, we're we're all very excited about this rookie running back class. There were eight guys taken in the first two rounds, and you're getting different reports on on basically all of them. You know, you know, Bar- Barkley's locked into his role. I mean, Seattle. There was the report that Chris Carson looks good. Um, you have this report in Tampa Bay, Denver. You have the report that Devontae Booker is going to be the starter going into training camp. Um, Carry on Johnson, you know, sharing the, the, the workload with LeGarrette Blunt and Theoretic. It, it's, it's going to be all over the place until these guys really get serious with what happens in, in camp. And, and, uh, I don't think any of them has mastered the playbook, mastered the blocking, mastered, you know, what they have to do, uh, through OTAs and, and minicamp. So, uh, not surprised at all. I, I think if you, if you sort of view it as the way the Chiefs were probably going to handle Kareem Hunt pre, or yeah, pre uh, Spencer Ware injury, work him along. He's going to have a, a a big role as the season unfolded. That's what's going to happen with a lot of these guys. You just have to remember, you have to be patient in some cases. Yeah, I, okay. So you know what? That's going to cut down a lot of the news and notes because the Denver Post expects Devontae Booker to get a, get a heavy workload. We should probably talk about that one. It doesn't really make any sense to me, but but I remember not long before the 2017 season started, we were reacting to a Leonard Fournette is going to share carries. I think with Chris Ivory report. Mm-hmm. And it's just head coaches are, are reluctant to go out and say this rookie running back is going to be our workhorse. Right. So we're going to have to decide what we believe and what we don't believe. Do you believe that Devontae Booker is going to get a heavy workload this season? Heavy? No. Workload? Yes. I mean, um, you know, the, I heard from, from somebody who, who talked to the Broncos that, uh, they, they're really in love with. Royce Freeman, you know, and, and that's why they, they drafted him where they did and they expect him to be their guy. You know, John Elway came out and said in a report, you know, bell cow. Um, 
Does he still have to prove it? Absolutely. I mean, you know, that's just the nature of, of what it is. So I don't think it should change the way you draft these guys if you're drafting them now. Um, but it's not a bad idea to invest in a Peyton Barber or invest in a Devontae Booker because there still could be an opportunity for them. As we've seen, you know, sometimes these rookies just don't, don't pan out. So how many of the rookie running backs do you like more than Lamar Miller to bring it full circle here? Barkley, let's go down the list. Penny. I, I like all of them better than, than Miller if Devontae Foreman's healthy. If, if we Deontay, get, if we Deontay get to, to training camp and Foreman's put on the pup list, I'll move Miller up ahead of a, a, a lot of them. Probably. I like Geist better for sure. That won't change. I like Penny better for sure. I like Jones better for sure. He'd be in the Freeman range. In the Freeman range. All right. You like, so you'd put him ahead of Carrion Johnson, Nick Chubb. He's already had Chubb. I, I don't really have a lot of faith in Nick Chubb going into the season right now. Just Sony based Mich- on the other two guys ahead of him. Sony Michelle? They'd be about the same. You know, Michelle is another, another report, which again, this one is a little bit more telling is that Rex Burkhead and James White are getting more work than Sony Michelle. Um, you know, given what the Patriots tend to do, that's not a big surprise. Oh my gosh. Could you imagine if they like don't really use Sony Michelle? They use a first round pick on him and Rex Burkhead ends up being the best fantasy running back there. Would that really surprise you? I, I don't know. I, kind of. No, no, it wouldn't. It, it would in year two, but in year one for him, I guess it really wouldn't surprise me that much. Uh, what do you make of Robert Turbin and Jordan Wilkins getting some first team reps? Marlon Mack rehabbing a shoulder injury. Yeah, again, I think they're just trying to figure out what they have. You know, this is a brand new backfield for them outside of Marlon Mack. Um, uh, Turbin is the one that would be annoying. I, I, I like Jordan Wilkins. He's my favorite of the two guys that they drafted. And, you know, in terms of sleepers, I tend to draft Jordan Wilkins wherever I could possibly get him. Um, uh, just to give you a, a little peek behind the curtain, we just did our, uh, pick by pick, you know, it's something that we do all off season, the pick by pick series. We just did the first one, which is for our magazine, which is coming out, the second edition of our magazine, which is coming out in July. And I took all three Colts running backs, um, with one team. It's a PPR, uh, Jordan Wilkins. I took Naheem Hines first because I think he's better in PPR, at least as of now. But, um, I'm, I'm excited that Jordan Wilkins is getting some, some run there. Uh, you know, he's the, him and Turbin are different. You know, Mac is kind of a smaller guy as, as we've seen. Um, Hines is definitely a small guy. Uh, Turbin and, and Wilkins bring a little bit more bulk. So, you know, behind that offensive line, which should be better. Those two guys could be interesting. I, I just hope it's Wilkins and not Turbin. So which picks did you use on those running backs? 12 uh, they were both leagues. Late. Um, so I took, I took Mac, um, and this is picking from the six spot again, PPR. I took Mac in round one, two, three, four, five, six. Uh, is that right? One, two, three, four, five. Yep. Mac in round six. I took Hines in round 11 and I took Wilkins one round later in round 12. I love that. I mean, Andrew Luck comes back. I think you're going to have. Hopefully one good player and two players that you don't need. We don't want them to share. We just want like one great guy. Yeah. And, you know, I, I know there was some, you know, very positive reports on Hines and, and he's going to be, I think, like a Darren Sproles type of guy, you know, where he'll catch passes. He'll be used on special teams. He'll, you know, do a variety of things. Um, again, Wilkins to me is, is a little bit more of a, a thumper, you know, somebody who can be the physical guy there. Score some touchdowns. Uh, the Saints signs, uh, Terrence West. Do you think Terrence West has any value in the first four weeks of the season? He does if he makes the team. You know, it's no guarantee. Uh, the, the kid that they drafted, Boston Scott, um, you know, they, they have Jonathan Williams from, you know, somebody they, they picked up off the scrap people last year. I think those three guys are going to compete for that, you know, role to, uh, open the season. Um, but, you know, I, I would imagine once Mark Ingram's back, those guys are irrelevant. 
Who will miss more time, Mark Ingram or Dave Richard? <laughs> uh, definitely Mark Ingram. Yeah. He's suspended. Yeah, Mark Ingram out for a long time. We won't see him until week five. Dave, on the other hand, is here. I made it. David Richard Richard, where on earth were you? And that is his middle name, folks. It's Rich, David Richard Richard. Yeah, my parents are kind of crazy. I was just uh, shooting a segment for CBS Sports HQ. CBS Sports HQ, you say? Yes, have well, you heard of it? I have. Uh, I watch it on my Roku, in fact, R-O-K-U.com. Uh, yeah, CBS Sports HQ, it's live, it's free, it's 24-7, it's awesome, and uh, it's great it's throwback sports content, sports news and highlights, and, of course, fantasy analysis. So, Yes. All right, Dave, I'm going to give you the next group of notes. It's wide receiver notes. You've been saying, can I please talk about wide receiver news and notes on the show? Yes, you can. Juju Smith-Schuster is limited with a knee injury. He's frustrated by it, Dave. Are you frustrated? Uh, you know, you never like seeing guys hurt now, but I'd rather have Juju hurt now than in July or August. Uh-huh. Let's get him ready to go for training camp and have him contribute to the Steelers' offense, regardless of Antonio Brown's status. That that's ideally what I'd like to see from him because I love him as a player. I'm worried that he won't be able to uh, give much consistency as long as Brown and Bell are doing their thing. All right, that's Juju. We got Zay Jones expected to be ready for training camp after knee surgery. He had also shoulder surgery in January. Is, is Zay Jones a top sixty wide receiver for anybody? No, I don't think so. Okay. I I I can't recommend drafting many Buffalo Bills. There's two. Two. Kelvin and McCoy. Yes. And Robbie Anderson says that he has grown up and he has turned his life around. And we don't know how long he'll be suspended, but he is a number three wide receiver. Low end number three wide receiver for, uh, for Dave, Jamie, and Heath. All right. Tight end news. Tyler Eifert may not be ready for training camp due to a back injury. It's brutal, isn't it? Yeah. Do you know that over the past two seasons, he scored five touchdowns and missed 22 games? <laughs> That's tough. Yeah, those are not good stats. Is there They're any fantasy good. impact here? Helps helps AJ Green, maybe? Hurts no. AJ Green? I mean, AJ Green's kind of been the same. It just hurts Andy Dalton. Okay. I think I think they're going to use Tyler Croft a lot anyway. All right. I, I think they might, too. But if, if, if Eifert's ready to go, then... They probably won't hesitate to use him a decent amount. I, I think Marvin Lewis has had it though. It makes me wonder why they brought him back even on a one year deal. Well, uh, he's got a back injury and let's hope Tyler Eifert can get back. Sure. Shortly. He, he could be a good final round pick if he's healthy at training camp. Chargers GM, uh, Tom Telesco says he has spoken to Antonio Gates. So how about making something happen, Tom? And John Gruden <laughs> likes Jared Cook. Do any fantasy analysts like Jared Cook? Seems like a nice guy. Sure. He could probably beat me up in a fight. He probably he'll be a, he'll be a streaming option during the season. Do any of you think that you could throw a ball farther than Andrew Luck right now? Yes. I think if Andrew had to throw a no. ball farther than me, he could do it. What about farther than Jamie? Jamie's got a pretty strong arm. No, there's no way. No way what? But. I could throw a football farther than right now. He doesn't. Well, he's nervous. Doesn't matter. Give him a regulation football. He will. He's like afraid to throw it. No, no, no. He's done it. He said yeah. he's he's thrown a regulation ball already. I want to see it. I want to see with my own eyes. I want to see that duck get chucked. Um, and uh, the Cowboys signed Zach Martin to a big, big old contract. Six years, eighty-four million dollars. 
40 million guaranteed. They have the richest offensive line in the NFL, if I read correctly. Well, highest should. paid left tackle, highest paid left guard, highest paid center. They should have the uh, richest offensive line. All I right. can't wait to draft Zeke. Let's be scientists and put a first-round pick under the microscope, and then we will finish with a lot of your emails on this mailbag show. The first-round pick today is Odell Beckham Jr. He is entering his fifth season, played just four games last year. He has played 12 games, 15 games due to suspension, 16 games, and four games in four seasons. And Beckham finished in 2016 as the number four wide receiver in both formats. In 2015, Beckham was the number five wide receiver. 2014 was his best year. 91 catches, 1,300 yards, 12 touchdowns, and only 12 games. So he finished sixth in in, uh, non-PPR, eighth in PPR, but that was in only 12 games as a rookie. All right, is there any reason to be concerned about Odell Beckham Jr. that he might not return first-round value? Well, that he has a setback with his injury. That would be the, the biggest concern, I think. Um, the other part would be twofold, like what we were talking about with Evan Ingram, that there are more mouths to feed, better mouths to feed around him. You know, he's never had this level of talent on the field with him. I mean, Victor Cruz got hurt his rookie season. Sterling Shepard had, you know, a, a lot of touchdowns two years ago, but, you know, that was it. And now you're talking about the best running back he's ever played with, at least in theory, um, and, and best tight end. You know, he really didn't. Those two guys were never on the same page last year, Ingram and, and Beckham. So if uh, if everything is is working the way it should be for the Giants, there's going to have to be something, you know, losing. Again, otherwise Eli Manning is going to be uh, – we all have him really undervalued. So I, I think Beckham is, uh, is is still in line for, for a great season, still in line to put up monster numbers, playing for a contract I think is going to, you know, help him. Yeah. But um, – I don't know if he has the same ceiling that he's had. And, and again, like you said, Adam, he's finished fourth. Um, I, I, that's why I have him ranked as fourth, but I, I don't know if he, uh, if he, if he gets there. You know, I, I think the way you, you approach first round picks is where's the floor? Because the ceiling obviously could be one if you're taking the first round. Where's the floor with Beckham? And to me, the floor with Beckham is probably finishing about the 10th best wide receiver, which is not going to really crush your fantasy. Who do you have ranked ahead of, of Odell? Uh, Brown, Hopkins, and Julio. I think Julio has a big bounce back season. I hope so. I, I'm, I'm a little peeved that he didn't participate in minicamp, which is another note, unless we talked about it already and I just missed it, but no. that's a wide receiver note. No, we didn't. Okay. Like, I'm not going to dock Julio Jones for that, but Dan Quinn told me at the owner's meeting that he couldn't wait to see Julio healthy and taking part in all of their offseason activities. And for him to miss minicamp. No, of course he's going to say that. He wants him there. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. He wasn't going to be there. I just I think it stinks a little bit. Hopefully he doesn't hold out a training camp. That's something that I would hold against Julio. Matt I, Ryan said today that he expects him to do the the off season work that they do off the away from the team. Perfect. So. Which is why we shouldn't discount him at all for missing minicamp because it's not that important. I mean, well, technically let's, Odell didn't take part on, of any. Yeah, let's focus on Beckham work. here. Let's focus on Beckham. Was, That's where I was going. Okay, is, go ahead. is that Beckham? I, I love that he was at minicamp and he did a bunch of drills and he, he even stayed late to work with Eli, but he didn't take part in any of the 11 on 11s, which is like the most intense that things get during a, a minicamp practice, which is okay. It's fine. I, I, I think the better Saquon looks, the harder it is to see Odell finish as a top five fantasy receiver. But for now, we don't know just how good Saquon is going to be. We think he's going to be pretty damn good. We're taking him with a late first round pick. So, 
Odell Odell gets the benefit of the doubt for right now. Beckham is a touchdown machine. He's a double-digit touchdown guy every single year except for obviously last year. 12, 13, 10 touchdowns in his first three seasons. But here's an interesting stat. The Giants, here's where the Giants finished in pass attempts per game in Beckham's four years. Ninth, sixth, eighth, and first. They led the league in pass attempts per game last year. Why? They haven't had a running game. So yeah, Barkley is, is interesting. One thing that works in Beckham's favor, I, I went back, I tried to look at percentage of team targets that the elite wide receivers have had. And Beckham, you know, last, or in games, a season which he played 15 or 16 games, he had 25.5% in 2015. He had 28.2% of the team's targets in 2016. I know these are kind of a lot of numbers. It, it It's pretty low. It's lower than what a lot of the other guys get. Like, like Julio, Julio Jones in 2015 had 33% of his team's targets. Antonio Brown in 2015 had 33% of his team's targets. So Beckham hasn't has not been a guy that has thrived simply because of targets. Uh, that works in his favor. But the Giants have thrown a lot, and they don't want to throw the ball as much. They want to run the ball. They spent their first two picks on a running back and an offensive line and a guard. Um, so, yeah, there's there is, – is Beckham a, an obvious first-round pick? Because if he fell to the second round, I, I wouldn't be like, whoa, crazy value here. So, again, just looking at our the pick-by-pick pick thing that we just did without giving away too much, um, he went eighth. Um, and, again, this is PPR. So the guys who went after him, again, nitpick it all you want. Uh, Alvin Kamara at 9, Saquon Barkley at 10, Keenan Allen at 11, and then Julio Jones fell to 12. So um, I, I'm not going to explain the Keenan Allen pick. I'll let uh, the, the story do that itself, and we'll explain that when our – we'll talk about it more when the magazine comes out. But, um, you know, I, I don't think you can you can necessarily fault Julio over him. Uh, there are going to be people that that might like AJ Green better, Michael Thomas better, and and now with the with the Hunter Henry injury, Keenan Allen as well. But to me, Beckham's still a, a first round pick. It's it's hard to get to the back end of the first round when you start to get past these running backs and say he's not in there. Alrighty, all right. Let's read some emails. Fantasy football at cbsi.com. Thanks to everybody for writing in. We're getting a lot of emails. You can also call us and leave a voicemail, and we'll be reading those. Uh, we'll be listening to those next week. What if I just read the transcript of the voicemail? That would really help. Uh, 954-689-3199 is that number. 954-689-3199. Please leave your name, and if you want to leave a greeting, that is totally fine. Fantasyfootball at cbsi.com is the email address. I'd like to take just one second to tell you, please, uh, it would help us if you spread the word. You know, we're, we're a popular podcast. We appreciate that. We've been around for, this might be our 10th year, which is kind of crazy, but, uh, we're always looking to grow. So don't be afraid to tell your friends and don't be afraid to leave us a nice comment in iTunes, five stars, and you know, that'd be great. It would really help us out. And we would straight up love you for it. Alright, here's an email from Zach. Where's he from, Dave? He's from Bessemer, Alabama. Why is Alan Hearn's projection so low? Dak has to throw to someone. I think we're all scared to plant a flag on a Cowboys wide receiver and say, this is gonna be the guy. You know, after I'm the draft, I take uh, Michael Gallup. Gallup. Yeah, I felt that way after the draft, but after seeing and reading kind of how the team's been running, I'm not sure if that's going to last. I almost wonder if Gallup doesn't do much to begin the year and then finally gets into a role where he's playing a little more often. I feel like Hearns is the most established of those guys, but he's not exciting. He went relatively early in our pick by pick that we just did. 
I I think he's more of like a round eleven plus type of a guy. I I don't I don't see a lot of upside with any Cowboys wide receiver. It's funny because uh, I'm just looking there. There's a story right now. Michael Gallup looks like the real deal to teammates. So the Cowboys are are clearly um, excited about him. So uh, second year defensive back uh, Chidobe Awuze. Uh, said Gallup said he's the real deal. The stuff he's doing now, he wasn't really doing when I faced him at Colorado State. Uh, Uze also talked about Gallup's preparation efforts, saying he's a very cerebral guy. He knows how to get off the ball. Not a lot of receivers know how to get off press consistently. So, you know, it's funny. There, there's a lot of teammate praising teammate stuff going on at OTAs and minicamp. Um, you're hearing like LaShawn McCoy talk about Josh Allen. Um, Jarvis Landry talk about Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> Jarvis Landry talk about Ryan Tannehill. Um, I, I like this stuff more so than I do. Coach says X about player or beat writer says X about player. Um, cause these guys have to go against each other all the time. Yeah. But obviously, what's he going to say? Like, yeah, he's not that good. Well, he doesn't have to <laughs> offer it up at all. Sure. Right. Awuzi could have been asked about it and he could have said, all of our wide receivers are right. doing great. Yep. Stuff and, means nothing. You know, to which me. is, if you know how to read coach speak, that tells you that the guy isn't any good, but he didn't do that. He talked up Gallup. I, I just look at it this way. Alan Hearns had one great season. He scored a lot of touchdowns in that year where it was just fourth quarter after fourth quarter for Blake Bortles. To me, he was overpaid. I said that from the beginning. Um, I don't think he's a number one guy. I don't think anybody they have is really a number one guy. But who has the most upside? To me, it's the one that's the, the youngest and, and, and the one that they invested in. Mm-hmm. I know it was only a third-round pick, but I, I'll take my chances with that. I think Alan Hearns will be fine. I think he'll give you some good moments. Yes, his projections are probably low, but... To me, he's just he's just another retread. All right, so Dak Prescott actually finished as his number 12 quarterback last year. His leading receiver was Des Bryant, who had just 69 catches for 838 yards and six touchdowns. So that's a cool little Dak stat. Jordan is in a suburb of New Haven. Can't, can we just say he's from New Haven? Okay. Dear Nagy, Peterson, Harbaugh, and McDermott. Andy Reid disciples. Ah, alrighty. I have the number one pick in a non-PPR draft. In mocks, oh, what'd you do? I knocked over the mic. Jamie's destroying the podcast (laughs) studio. Alright, he's got the number one pick in a non-PPR draft. In mocks, I've been expect- Alright, let me just cut, let me just say here. This is a ter- this is a terrible idea from Jordan. Jordan, I'm sorry, terrible idea. I've been experimenting with taking either Gurley or Bell number one and then taking two tight ends at the 2-3 turn. And then he says after that, however, wide receivers are scarce at four or five. Don't do it. Don't ever take two tight ends. Never, never. No, no, no. Unless there's special scoring for tight ends, like say a point and a half per catch. Yeah. Just for them. And you can start two of them. But no, don't ever do it. Now there's a good pizza place in New Haven that everybody always tells me about. I hope that's where you're from. Keith is from Santa Clara, California. I love Jamie's idea about leftover auction money going to fab what do you think of extending this combine auction budget and fab budget or fab uh before the auction so you can if you want blow your entire budget of auction dollars and fab dollars in the auction more likely to spend all auction and some fab in the uh, yeah okay i I get it so let's say you have a hundred auction dollars and a hundred fab well now you've got 200 to spend on both your draft and your free agency and that's kind of neat I think it is too. And I think you'll see people extend well past a hundred on the auction. You'll probably see them go as high as 130 in the auction and 70 left over for the season, which 
I heartily endorse. I don't know how I feel about that. I wouldn't do it that way. You wouldn't do it. What you wouldn't do? What what way? You wouldn't overspend on no, no, the no, auction. No, no, no. I wouldn't allow you to spend more than hundred bucks in the okay. auction. But whatever you save can be carried over to FAP. But what if you could, Jamie? How much do you think out of two hundred total bucks? How much would you spend in the auction? So we're going off of what would be a hundred dollar budget, but you're getting two hundred dollars spent. Yes. Yeah. So the so the big name I guys. Think they, they've had it right. More. Yeah, about one thirty. One thirty. Yeah, I mean, if I'm in a shallower league, like a 10-team league, I'm going to probably want more fab. Just because I think free agency is going to be better. Um, I'd have but to wouldn't you want more though. fab for the deeper leagues so that you I could... I don't know. You're not going to make as much of an impact with free agents, I feel. No, but the ones that you really want, you're going to need your fab dollars for. Yeah, maybe. That's tough. All right, uh, here's one from Patrick, and he is from... Uh... uh where does Patrick live on SpongeBob? It's like a big dude's head. Oh, right? he, they're all in a pineapple under the sea. No, no, only SpongeBob lives in the pineapple. Uh, hey SpongeBob, how was that? Hey Patrick. <laughs> okay. Hey Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Could you discuss drafting out of the fourth and seventh slot in a PPR twelve-team snake draft? We're only going to do one. Pick four or seven. Well, why doesn't Jamie do four and I'll do seven? Because we won't get to enough emails. We take 10 minutes on every email. We'll be really fast. Fine. Look, I, I'll i do four because I just did it in the round by round. You're guaranteed a stud running back there Hold if on. you want you, one. Quiet, you. Here's the email. Oh. Uh, 12-team PPR. In the fourth slot, I'm always torn between Zeke and Antonio Brown. What do you do? I took Zeke. I want the stud running back, and I think he'll catch more passes than he ever has before. I would have taken Antonio Brown in a heartbeat. Okay, in the seventh slot, it's between Beckham and a running back, either Barkley, Hunt, or Kamara. I took Hunt because I think he'll continue to pile on numbers. Yeah, give me Kamara. Uh, based on what he did last year with the expected workload bump, I, I think he's going to be better than Hunt. Now, he says uh, Patrick from a pineapple or a cantaloupe under the sea says that when he picks seventh, mock drafts usually have Christian McCaffrey or Devontae Freeman available in round two. So, I mean, I'm a big McCaffrey fan of PPR. If you knew you could get McCaffrey, you know, kind of middle of round two, would that make you more or less likely to take a wide receiver in round one? Or not not any more or less likely at all? I would have taken, if I would have taken Antonio Brown, I would have taken McCaffrey in round two at pick four. No, he's also, been talking about pick seven. No, I think there's just better players uh, in that spot, then, receiver-wise. Then, uh, I agree. Oh, okay, okay. By the way, I was wrong. I want to apologize to everybody, especially Patrick. It appears he lives under a rock, mm. and it is a different SpongeBob character that lives in the um, giant head. Is that Squid- it's almost like a robot? Squidworth, head. Squidworth, or whatever. I don't know. I don't, know. I don't know it. All right, uh, this guy gave no name or city, so so it's going to be Ray from Bloomington, Illinois. Dear Thanos, is Thor's brother. The, fil- the villain in Buffy, the Vampire Slayer, IHOB, and Adam. More than anything, I just wanted to use those characters for an email, but here's a keeper question. Ten-team, half PPR. Two keepers can be kept as long as you want. You lose a round each year. Ten-team, half PPR, two keepers, keep forever, lose a round each year. Dalvin Cook in the fourth. Derrick Henry in the tenth. Devontae Adams in the fifth. Corey Davis in the twelfth. And Marvin Jones in the fifteenth. Can we get rid of Corey Davis and Marvin Jones? Yes. So then Wait, it comes. Say, so what's the what's the keeper thing again? 
Okay, keep you it forever. You can keep two of these guys in a half-point PPR. Forever? In those spots? Nope. Yeah. They no. move up around each year. Oh. So why are we throwing out Marvin Jones at that late? Because <sighs> how many years are you going to keep him? This one in the 15th round? Really? Like, All right, you can keep, you can keep Marvin Jones. Because you have Dalvin Cook in the fourth, Devontae Adams in the fifth, and Derrick Henry in the tenth. Yeah, those guys are better. Even at the, even with the fewer, less value. Alright, so pick two. This is tough. Very, very difficult. I'll take Cook and Henry. I'll, I'll, I'm gonna lean the same way. Cook and Henry. I, I can't get past Henry's value in round 10 because I think he's got some staying power. And of course I think Dalvin Cook does too. In a 10 team league, you should be able to find some good wide receivers. You just start wide receiver heavy. If there's enough left. Maybe Adams is who you take in round one. From Adam. Subject band name. DJ Milk and the Scrubs. Nah, I don't like it. That's mean. We have a night. Yeah, why would they call you DJ Milk? (laughs) Aren't we over that already? Oh, this is, yeah, because I had that one sip of whiskey that almost burned my mouth. This is from. Burned your mouth. You were supposed to enjoy and savor that. It was not, there was nothing enjoyable about that. It was just awful. I'm sorry. Giorgio's from a little town in Greece. I'm sorry to everybody listening. Dear Kareem, Akeem, Ethan, Bonnie, and Helen. I could, I don't have a clue who that is. Six keeper dynasty league, no round penalties, no rookie draft, um, non PPR, but explosive play bonus and first down bonus. So, uh, with that, whatever. Keeping Wilson, Winston, Hunt, Bell, AJ Green. Is his last keeper going to be Derek Henry or Adam Thielen in a non PPR league? I'm going to go Henry. Now wait, here's one thing. A first down bonus. I mean, that heavily favors wide receivers. Right, because pretty much every catch they make is, what is a receiver average? About 12 yards per catch, right? Yeah. So that's typically enough to get a first down. So, so that, why would you keep both quarterbacks? I, I don't know. Maybe it's just. Oh, uh, it gets dynasty. Well. So what? You're right. Why would you keep Winston when you can keep Henry and Thielen? Yes, throw back Winston. Okay. Good stuff. Uh, I think this is our last email. Buck from a small town in California, north of L.A. Fresno. Dear Tom, Jimmy, and Barry. Oh, those are uh, Cowboys Cowboys coaches. coaches. Yeah. I got it first. You did by like a nanosecond. (laughs) Every year there are players that are supposed to be good and probably will be, but somehow they disappoint owners on a personal level. Who are those players for you and the guys? For me, I'm thinking it's Shady McCoy and Joe Mixon. So, yeah, we we call these busts. Who are a couple of busts for you guys? I agree with him on McCoy. I'm very nervous to draft him. I'm nervous to draft Mark Ingram. We're going to go back and forth on this all summer long, but I I just don't want to wait for him. I I don't know how effective he'll be when he comes back in week five. I know I can't use him in week six when the Saints are on by. So I'm, am I really taking him with the top 60 pick to just sit and wait to use him in week seven? Uh, it, that that alone makes me nervous. The other fact that Kamara could jump out with this four-week head start and be amazing could further limit Ingram in his workload. So or, I, or I, that's a guy that I'm very nervous about drafting. Or Terrence West. Oh, come on. Terrence <laughs> West. Uh, Jamie, you want to give a couple of busts? 
Sure. Uh, we talked about two, at least already, Evan Ingram and uh, Andrew Luck. Uh, Brandon Cooks is somebody I'm not drafting. Uh, I think he's going to really struggle going to the Rams. Uh, Jay Ajayi, I think, is going to be overdrafted. Deion Lewis is going to be overdrafted. Sonny Michelle is going to be overdrafted. Uh, You're not a fan of Alshon, if I recall. Uh, not a fan of Alshon. Jarvis Landry is going to be overdrafted. Um, I, yeah. I, I like the Joe Mixon call. I think it's funny. There is, and I don't want to talk about this now. I want to save this for a different show. But it occurred to me when we were talking about Mixon on our previous episode, there is absolutely nothing to like about Mixon except for pedigree. Like he gave us nothing last year to hang on he was, to. He was okay down the stretch. He averaged five yards per carry down the stretch. And they're going to move to a zone-blocking scheme. Which, yeah, the offensive line which is much better. better. Yeah, no, right. there are it's not just the line, though. It's the coaching of the line. They're getting Dallas's former offensive line coach. But I feel like he's going ahead of guys who were so much better than him last year. Because everybody was better than him last year. So why take him ahead of these guys? Why take him ahead of Alex Collins? Why take him ahead of Kenyon Drake? All right, we'll talk about it on another show. Uh, Kareem, Akeem, Ethan, Bonnie, and Helen are hunts. Hunts. Mm. Although I don't think I know who Bonnie Hunt is. She's an actress. actress. Oh, I know her. Yeah, what was she in? Oh, she was in uh, Jerry Maguire, that non-football movie. That that you know. <laughs> well, of course. All of a sudden you know her. So uh, you guys have fun weekend plans or what? I am driving to my son's camp to drop him off for the summer. Oh, that's the same reason you missed my wedding last year. Yes. <laughs> oh, is your anniversary coming up? Well, you'd think so, but this is odd. It's happening. No, 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 no. Two weeks earlier. To, no, no, no. I had to pick him up from camp. Okay. You got married in July, right? I did, yeah. Right. So that was when I had to pick him the up from story's camp. coming out now. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I, 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 I didn't drop him off. I had to pick him up. But he's only has a two week camp? No, it was a four week camp. All right. All right, Dave. We'll see. We'll see. Do you I'll, think I'll I really would have ditched your wedding? I kind of don't think you wanted to go. Yeah, that's such a nice gift. <laughs> you did. You did. All right, that's it. Everybody enjoy your weekend. Have a great Father's Day. And we'll talk to you on Monday with another edition of the Fantasy Football Today podcast. Right. Na, 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 na. Uh-huh.